Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, friends. I hope you're doing well and that your day is off to an amazing start. Let's just talk about period health for one hot second because I'm getting mine in like another day and I'm really tired. That is the truth. You might be over there thinking, Samantha doesn't have PMS symptoms. Samantha's cycle is perfect. And I often think that that can be what is often perceived from the outside looking in, thinking like us practitioners have our shit together. And yeah, for the most part I do, but that doesn't mean that we don't experience symptoms. And so I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, but leading up to this period, I've been feeling it. Like even during my workout the other day, I was like out of breath and I just felt so depleted and I had to cut my workout short. And that's just kind of what happens during often the second phase of your cycle during your luteal phase where you are more progesterone dominant and you're kind of in that stage of just feeling a bit depleted and more tired and you are sometimes everybody's symptoms is different, but maybe you're more moody and you're more anxious and you just don't have the energetic capacity that you do during the first half of your cycle. And so during uh, my workout, I was just like, this is not happening. And I had to slow it down. I did some more yoga and some stretching and some really low key movements, more parasympathetic movement. And um, I've just been tired. So I've been going to bed really early. I've been making sure I'm staying hydrated, supporting adrenals, B vitamins. And I don't often get a ton of cramping, um, but it all depends. You know, it can depend on my stress level, my sleep level, and just how busy I've been. And am I eating too much sugar? Did I not eat enough healthy fats? Did I forget to take my omegas, which I actually have been in the past like two weeks. And so, you know, all these things can can play a role. And sometimes if I'm not on top of it with like my supplement game and nutrition game and all that kind of stuff, sometimes the symptoms can show up. So fatigue is my main PMS symptom, I guess you could say, that shows up for me. And I'm just feeling it right now. I like so want to go to bed and it's the middle of the day. And that is the truth. So I just sharing that with you and some behind the scenes of my hormone health and period health in case you wanted to know and hope that's not too much information. But That's what we talk about here at Healthy Hormones for Women. So I feel your pain, ladies. Um, We all have our own unique experiences when it comes to our hormones and our cycle and our health. So magnesium is my go-to. I use the Canprev Magnesium Biglycinate. I actually have been loving their powder. They have a powdered magnesium biglycinate and they have a whole bunch of different flavored ones. And I really love that. So I've been drinking that at night. Sometimes it's just a nice change from like popping supplements and just to drink something. Um, I think it's their like berry hibiscus. I I forget the flavor of it now, but I kind of make like a warm drink and I drink that uh, sometimes at night. And uh, so I just kind of switch it up between the capsules and the powder, but their uh, new powders are are really, really great. So magnesium and omega-3s, I got to get back on it because I fell off in the past couple of weeks and so essential for inflammation. If you are experiencing a lot of pain around your cycle and cramping, 
omega-3s and magnesium are going to be your best friend. And castor oil. We talked about castor oil a few weeks back when I interviewed Jen Maleka. Um, actually, I've been so obsessed with castor oil since listening to that episode because I've been like batching my self-care going in the sauna with my castor oil on and meditating for like 20, 25 minutes. And it's just been really, really great. And that castor oil is really uh, amazing for detoxing your liver. Your liver has to metabolize your hormones. Um, just don't use castor oil while you're menstruating because it can increase blood flow. But um, I've been also doing a lot of castor oil, which has been which has been awesome too. So just sharing some things that I'm doing behind the scenes over here. Uh, the Organifi Harmony, I love it, but it has been on back order. And if I could just get my hands on that product again. Um, it's got some amazing herbs in there to support women's hormones, um, women's hormones and women's health. And that's really what it's for, uh, especially for PMS and period health. So keep checking back. I know so many of you have been checking the website to get your hands on that product, but they've been sold out. And when it is back in, use the coupon code healthy hormones and you can save 15% off store wide um, over at organifyshop.com. So keep checking. I know it's going to be back. Um, I think in a couple of weeks. So I can't wait to get mine because it's been, it was so delicious when I was drinking it. I had this morning routine and I would make my Organifi Harmony and throw a little bit of coconut milk in there and knew I was, I was doing my health and my hormones and my body some good. And it was just a, a really great way to sort of kickstart my day and a delicious way because it tastes so, so good. Uh, so do check back on their website because uh, it should be in, in a few weeks. All right. So our episode today, I'm so excited for it. I learned so much speaking to our guest today, Scott Summer, and we spoke about the difference between Western and Eastern medicine and, you know, Asian medicine as he's a Chinese medicine practitioner. And we had this really interesting conversation about scars in the body and how scars can impact different areas in our body and impact the body's electrical system. And it was really fascinating. And he shares the story of having this scar on his lip and how that 15 years later manifested as lower back pain. And I had never heard that before. It's wild. So just an FYI, he shares some really great tips for for healing scars and dives into how this impacts the body and how different symptoms can show up and arise many, many years later. And so he talks about wheat germ oil and putting wheat germ oil over your scars. And I just want to mention this now because we actually spoke about it after we were recording, but I had told him that I fell down the stairs when I was a little girl and I have a scar just under my nose, right above my lip. And I asked him, you know, that was like 30 something years ago, would it even make sense for me to put wheat germ oil on it? And he said, yes. So just an FYI, I wanted to add that in here in the intro because um, we weren't recording and I wanted to make sure that I just brought that to your attention because it might be a question that comes to mind. You might be thinking, oh my God, I have a scar on my leg from 25 years ago. Does it even make sense to use wheat germ oil on it? And yes, he said to absolutely do that. So it's a really interesting conversation. We talked about nutritional deficiencies. We also also talked about parasites, um, just some really great topics that I feel like we haven't addressed on the podcast before. So I'm really excited for it. So Scott Summer, my guest today, he started his health and healing journey at just 
18 months old when he was diagnosed with epilepsy. He made a commitment that if he could remove the disease from his own brain, he would spend the rest of his life helping others do the same. As organic farmers at heart, Scott's parents were already strong on the subject of nutrition and provided their son with a diet including healthy fats such as nuts and avocados to help repair the brain. And by 15 years old, he was declared healed and free from epilepsy. Scott went on to pursue a degree in chemical engineering and then another degree in Western medicine. He became inspired by the power of Chinese medicine and pursued a degree in nutrition, a master's degree in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And now he is an award-winning practitioner treating patients all around the world with his unique techniques combining his knowledge of both Western and Eastern medicine. So I'm really excited to dive in today. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's dive in. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Thanks for being with me. Thanks, Samantha. I'm very excited. This is fantastic. I can't wait to dive in. And before we do, can you tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I'm a holistic practitioner of uh, Chinese medicine and nutrition and kinesiology for 22 years. And we're located in Rockland area of Sacramento. And basically, we help a lot of women with hormone issues, infertility. So it's one of my specialties, as well as functional medicine and high performance. That's awesome. And I know you have your own personal health story. When I was reading a bit about your bio, I'd love it if you can share more about that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's really where my passion began was with my own story. And uh, everyone has their own story. But I was really pretty much born with epilepsy. And so at 18 months, you know, I started having seizures. And um, my dad was very much into organic farming and uh, when I was born. And so I remember, you know, they put me outside and, you know, I'd be out in the sun and and uh, just enjoying the garden as a toddler. And then all of a sudden I have these seizures. And so uh, I didn't become aware of this disease that I'd been, you know, diagnosed with as epilepsy until I was about nine years old. And at age nine, I basically uh, realized through a doctor, my pediatrician confronting me one day, and he said, if you don't change this, you know, you'll never have a normal life unless you change this. Hmm. And so I thought to myself, wow, normal life, you know, it sounds like something I want. And so I really got depressed, you know, about that, that day. I remember driving home with my mom in the car, going upstairs to my room, looking outside, it was in the middle of summer and just feeling just like kind of some hopelessness. Right. So I remember saying a, a prayer to myself and praying for the powers of Superman. And so as a kid, that's the only thing I could think of was, you know, Superman and uh, having x-ray vision to be able to find out my problem and to find a solution. And so then the answer came to me when I was 15, which was basically when I walked into a hospital to be retested for epilepsy. And, you know, it takes a while, it takes a couple hours to retest the brain waves and everything. And so I came up free and clear. Doctors had no answers for me as to why I had epilepsy or why I was better, but they just said, there's no reason, uh, there's no other problems with you. You're completely clear of epilepsy, go home and live a good life. And so that was really an answer to a prayer for me. The second part of that was, I promised that once I was cured and healed of epilepsy, that I would help others find their path to health and wellness to thrive. 
And so, so many people, I believe, like myself, are struggling, mm-hmm. just trying to feel better, you know. And I just had a patient earlier today, and they said, "I just want to feel normal," you know, a woman that's you know in her mid forties, and she's like, "I just don't feel normal. I just want to get to the normal level. <laughs> right. Let's not even worry about thriving," you know. And uh, so, I think that's where a lot of people are. And so, I've been uh, really striving ever since, you know, looking for answers. And so I always say it's about ancient medicine, you know, studying the ancient techniques and modern technology to really Mm -hmm. get the best answers. For sure. Well, that's a really powerful story. And so I'd love it if you can break down how does Asian medicine differ from Western medicine and how can each one complement one another? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that, you know, uh, it was actually at Davis that I discovered Asian medicine here. I was a pre-med student and studying biochemistry, and I was really literally going to become an MD. And then I realized that the two tools that I would have would be, you know, drugs and surgery predominantly. And now we know physical therapy is very helpful too. But I realized that here my dad was an organic farmer, and I'd studied this since I was nine. You know, I read nutrition books like comic books. So I knew that (laughs) it would be kind of going against the grain, you know, what I knew best. Right. So this book that I read really was about Asian medicine, and it talked about instead of drugs and surgery, about how the body is electric. And that was a turning point for me because as a kid, I would go to herbal stores, you know, with Chinese herbs and just dream of understanding how to apply that to the human body to get healthy again. And so uh, sure enough, that's what led to uh, the interest in Asian medicine. So I switched to nutrition at Davis. So the best way to describe the difference between the two really is that Eastern medicine focuses on the electrical system and the whole body, kind of like a wheel to a bike. So you look at all the spokes and how they're all connected. And the only way the wheel can really roll if it's completely balanced. And the faster you roll the bike, the worse it gets if you have just one spoke that's out. And that's kind of how it works with hormones and, and life. And the Western side of things is like, you know, kind of symptomatic relief. Like they kind of, when you have like a spoke that actually breaks or flies off the wheel, they just try to fix that spoke. And they say, okay, so you're bleeding to death. So let's, you know, take care of this emergency, which is really helpful when you're bleeding to death or you lost a limb or something. So I always say the crisis, let Western medicine handle it. When you have a crisis, something emergency, breaking the bone, emergency room, great. And then call me Monday morning and we'll (laughs) deal with the rest. (laughs) So I really think it's like, you know, dealing with the core problems are really Eastern medicine using the tools of food as medicine first and herbal medicine as well to support the food that we don't get enough nutrients from. And then, you know, lifestyle changes. You know, we know that we need to change our life. It's not about just taking a medication to fix our blood pressure. But the question is, is the cause is the other difference is treating the cause of why we have high blood pressure or hormone imbalances versus, you know, this emergency, you know, so take Tylenol if you absolutely can't get rid of the fever. Right, right. That's fascinating. Yeah, I love that analogy. And so just going back to, you mentioned your parents were organic farmers, which I think is so fascinating. So I'm assuming they had like a really big influence on you in that regard from a nutrition perspective. Was that something that growing up your parents spoke a lot about nutrition and organics and like, I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my dad really had the interest in nutrition and farming. 
And unfortunately, it led to a separation between my parents. Uh, it actually led to a divorce, unfortunately, which right. was okay with me because I knew that they were separate people. So I don't know if you remember Green Acres, you know, yes. where, you know, right. So it was like Green Acres, right? Yep. Like he was the farmer and then she was the city folk. And she's like, no, I want to live in the city. Yep. So my dad ended up getting these five acres, which is very close to here in Elk Grove, you know, Sacramento. And uh, so he just loved the farm. He loved to live on the farm and be part of the soil. And so he was the farmer. Amazing. And then we benefited from his, uh, he just had a green thumb. And so that was really kind of how that started. And uh, so, yes, my dad lived and drank nutrition and the soil. And that was just his favorite thing to do in life. In fact, he was still out in the field in his 80s to the last breath. He was, uh, that's where he was, you know, finding Aww. the field. That's amazing. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So I'd love to chat. This is actually something we haven't even talked about on the podcast before. I know that you work with a lot of people who like physically have a lot of scarring or even internal scarring from perhaps like a car accident or something like that. So how do scars affect the body and what type of treatment is necessary to correct them? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was really through, uh, as I continued on after Davis and Eastern Medical School, I didn't really find out about scars until I studied kinesiology. Right. And I found some mentor, a mentor who traveled the world and specifically Germany. And in Germany, they actually treat scars with laser, cold laser. And uh, they feel that after any surgical procedure, a scar, uh, basically two weeks later, they treat it with a laser. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why is because there's a disconnect on our skin from any scar. And if there's a trauma to the body, then there's internal scarring, which we know, you know, car accidents are the big thing, right? Right. So we know that if we don't restore the electrical flow through a laser treatment or certain types of light and through oil applied to the, the scar itself, then the brain will remain disconnected from that part of the body. So based on that theory, we know that there's literally a thousand acupuncture points and close to 14 acupuncture circuits that run throughout the body. So when we cut across a freeway, you know, it creates a traffic jam and that's the analogy. And so uh, if you, you don't even know you have a traffic jam forming and it's slow and steady, usually acts like a dimmer switch. Things start to slowly switch off. It's never usually like you lose complete power, like a power outage. Right. But it's more like a dimmer switch. And then uh, for me, I personally had a scar on my lip from a bike accident in France. I wish it was a Tour de France, but it wasn't. <laughs> so uh, anyway, with that said, I went over the handlebars and lip. And my lip just got torn off. And uh, 15 years later, it started to give me back pain. And I didn't realize that my what? scar on my lip was connected to my back. And so after I treated the scar, my back pain would completely go away. And to this day, once in a while, it surfaces every five years, and I just have to treat it with uh, light therapy or a laser and oil, and it goes away. Okay, that's fascinating. There's so many things I want to dive yeah. into there. So yeah. can we break down, like, I'm assuming, anatomically speaking, if somebody, like, injures their right shoulder, that's going to be connected to something else in the body where there might, or someone hurts their left knee. Like, can you break that down for me a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So there's the lob opposites that you just mentioned, which was great, Samantha. So uh, right shoulder, let's use that as an example. So you never know how something can affect us. So let me give you a little more information on the body's electrical system. So our skin 
is one of the largest organs in the body. And not only is it the largest, but it's like a solar panel, you know, and an electric panel even better. So this electric panel, when if you cut across an electric panel outside your house, it will, if you just stuck a fork into your electric panel, mm -hmm. it would affect something inside. For sure. So that's, and you never know if it's going to be your kitchen lights or your front porch light, you know, you just never know. And so right. that's really the analogy. So it's really hard to do a complete assessment and answer that. But For I sure. would say definitely right shoulder affects the left knee and hip. Uh, that was uh, so funny. I was totally just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> random. No, was, I randomly picked that. Okay. That was great. <laughs> and the, the right side of the body when it's affected electrically can affect the left side because, you know, like we walk from left to right, you know, lifting our weight. So does the electricity follow. So electricity follows the, you know, it drives blood, it drives muscles, it drives every cell in our body. In fact, one of the things that's different about Eastern and Western medicine, when people come to me, when they've tried so many other doctors and treatments, I tell them, you know, your doctor, unfortunately, it's helpful for emergency medicine, but they're only looking at 7% of the solution. And they say, what do you mean 7%? I say, well, you know, if they just keep looking at your blood, you're only 7% of your body is blood but 100% of your body is electric. Hmm. So that's why, you know, if you don't fix the scars, it will block, you know, digestion, it'll block hormones, it will even block your sleep and infertility, especially. Wow, that's so crazy. Okay, so you mentioned light laser oil. Can you dive into that in a little bit more detail? Sure. So there's a lot of lasers. In fact, a funny story on that is I remember this uh, construction guy coming in and I told him he needed a laser treatment. So he says, well, I got a laser at home, a level laser in the garage, and maybe I'll just save some money. Right. And I'm like, no, not all lasers are the same. So right. we know lasers are used from steel and in industry to Lasix. So the best way I would describe it would be like Lasix. We have medical lasers that have a special frequency that help, uh, they don't cut the skin, but they activate, they reactivate or kind of melt the scar electrically on an electrical level, but they don't physically change the scar necessarily. And so that's, that's how that works. It reactivates the scar and opens up the circuit because that's how acupuncture theory works is, you know, it works so well because when we have a blockage, you know, from a scar or from trauma, then we know we're going to have pain and disruption or hormone imbalances. And so that's how that works. And then the oil helps to soften the scar mm -hmm. at a deeper level. And so it takes more than just, usually it takes a couple sessions of laser treatment. We have special, we have a lot of different light therapies from LED lights to lasers to blue lights that we use for different purposes. And using kinesiology, I test the body to find out what people need. So it's always uh, personalized and uh, it really works cool. really well. Yeah. So what sort of oil? Yeah. So really using? wheat germ oil is probably the basic, you know, that most people could use uh, wheat germ oil fortified. So there's specific, you know, organic companies that we believe because wheat germ can be, um, you know, it can spoil very quickly and right. go rancid. Yeah. So you want to make sure you use something that's encapsulated and uh, sesame seed oil, blackcurrant seed oil and wheat germ oil are the most common oils. But I have blends of Tibetan oils that I use essential oils. Uh, for instance, somebody could have a surgery years ago, say 20 years ago. And then that scar, like a C-section scar, I think a lot of women can relate to this. You know, like sure. that C-section scar, just my wife, uh, 
know, we've had discussions about this, how scars, you know, it can affect women. And it's like, it just irritates, right? It's like, it was never the same after the surgery. It's just always itches. The material bothers it. Those are signs you have an active scar blocking your body. And so um, the oil can be uh, effective based on the problem that you have. So sometimes viruses and bacteria can get encapsulated in those scars. So if you don't use the right oil, like wheat germ oil doesn't really help. It helps soften the scar, but it doesn't help with infection. So we use other oils that are like worm seed oil that would help with infection. So if somebody had a C-section scar that left an infection and they just never healed, then we would test for that and find a solution. Wow. That's interesting. So you're making me think of like recently a friend of mine had their appendix removed. So that's a pretty big scar that's left behind there. So again, like in terms of healing, you're saying the laser therapy and oil is what would be really helpful for them. Yes. Not only helpful, but essential. Just to remember like, like, would you, you know, would you live in your house with only 90% of the lights working? Right. You know, like you wouldn't compromise that, right? You're like, no, I got to fix this. Got to call an electrician right away. For sure. So it's, you should take it that, you know, or, because you may not have a problem like me, didn't happen until 15 years later after my accident wow. that it showed up. Yeah. And so most of the time we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, that's if so you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I love that. So let's dive into nutritional deficiencies, something that I'm sure you see very often with your clients and in your practice. What are some signs of nutritional deficiencies? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say anything that shows up in your skin your hair and your nails, because as we age, you know, those are the things that keep growing. And then the other nutritional deficiencies would be your tongue. So, you know, that's like a whole nother topic. Maybe we should do that another time. Yeah. <laughs> really exciting. But with the tongue, you know, that's really a great indicator, like an oil dipstick to find out what's going on with the engine mm -hmm. of the body. So you can just start looking at your tongue first thing in the morning. If you have a coating, then that means you have most likely some candida and digestive problems. That's the quickest way to see. Right. Hormone problems show up with the color of the tongue. So that tells us more. The color tells us more about hormones. So if the tongue color, the body is like pink or pale, it should be a pink red normally. That's normal. Okay. But if it's like a pale, that's anemia. And a lot of women are anemic, right. less men. And if it's really a bright red or dark red or purple, then it's a sign of uh, hormone imbalances. And a lot of women through menopause go through that. So that has to be corrected because eventually that'll just get worse, you know, hormone imbalances unless they're corrected. So it's kind of like an overheated engine, right? Yep. Which a lot of people relate to, you know, they just feel hot all the time and irritable. It's like a hot engine. So you have to cool the engine off with the right foods and the right supplements and the right herbs. For sure. So, so those are the major signs. And then also fatigue, you know, uh, people don't have enough B vitamins, how they handle stress. Yes. That's a factor of nutrition and uh, cracks on your heels, on your feet, toenail fungus are all nutritional deficiencies, uh, cracks on your lips, you know, are B vitamin deficiencies. I mean, basically 99% of our problems are nutritional based. And isn't it ironic that, you know, we don't really address that with doctors, you know, MDs are pretty yes. much, they're drug-based. And that started back in the 1900s, you know, when we started developing more drugs. Right. So it's important that we educate, you know, uh, more people as to what it means. Is it really a disease 
or is it is it a Vicodin deficiency, or is it really a nutritional deficiency? <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, I work with so many women in my practice who have PCOS, or they have an irregular cycle, or cycle's been missing for a long time, and then they get put on the birth control pill, and it's just like you're not deficient in the birth control pill. There's something deeper that's going on there, and that's just you know masking what's really happening. That is so true. Right on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk about parasites, because I know this is also something that you work with closely in your practice and not something we've talked about very often on the podcast. And, you know, it's said that most people have some type of parasite in their body, but it's not something you can easily test through like a, a just a medical test. Often you have to do do some sort of stool sample, but then even then it doesn't always show up in a stool sample. So how can you explain this? Like what's the best form of testing with parasites? And if you have them, what's the best action to resolve them? Yeah, that, those are really good questions. Um, so I would say 80% of the population has parasites and it's always a, a gross topic, you know, to think, wow, how's this possible? I've never lived in South America or, you know, traveled. I mean, because usually that's what happens. A Western MD asks you a question, the question, have you traveled? Do you live in South America or Africa? Okay, then you're probably clear. But, you know, the fact is that the sources of parasites we have to understand first, which is the soil. People get pinworms from walking on the soil. We get them from unwashed vegetables. Even organic vegetables can have parasites. For sure. And so that doesn't mean we're free of parasites because of that. We have a lot of imported food now. So we get that from other countries. Water, tap water, it actually has parasites typically. And so we we just have a lot of sources and animals as well, you know, pets and whatnot. Right. So the symptoms really, the key symptoms are any kind of skin problems, digestive problems, such as bloating, gas, and IBS. A lot of irritable bowel problems are typically parasites. But the bloating and the lack of appetite or excessive appetite are probably the key indicators. I'll never forget a funny story of a man that uh, just started gaining weight, you know, excessively. And he was, uh, he just couldn't understand what was happening. And one morning he woke up and he saw bowls of cereal all across his counter, his, you know, kitchen. And he was ready to call the police. He thought for sure somebody had broken in and was eating his food. And then, and then he stopped for a moment before calling and he said, uh, you know, this could be me. Maybe I'm part of this problem. And he realized that he was kind of sleep eating. He was waking up every couple hours because he was so famished and hungry because I found a tapeworm in him that no other doctor had found. And the tapeworm wanted to be fed at night. For sure. So so it's another symptom is, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, it can even lead to hot flashes extra hunger, appetite uncontrolled, and they love sugar. So you definitely don't want to feed them sugar because they'll go crazy. For sure. So I always say they, you know, have a party late at night. That's the sure sign of a parasite. Parties late at night with lots of sugar and bowls of cereal. That is so wild. And so obviously paying attention to symptoms is, is important, but are there any tests? And like when it comes to stool tests, how accurate is that? Yeah, so I had a uh, stool test aren't that accurate because you have 35 feet of hose, you know, as far as your digestive tract. Right. So from your small intestine all the way down and out. 
So unfortunately, if you just take a sample, a stool test, many times it doesn't show. Right. So really kinesiology is really one of the best ways, you know, and then because um, I can tell to the micron, you know, what's going on with the body with different, uh, we use vial testing or uh, frequency testing with kinesiology. So we use a muscle test to be able to find out a special type to be able to find out where it's located, like an MRI, kind of, I call it the Chinese MRI, mm-hmm. to find out what's going on. And so it's still a good idea to do stool testing. It's helpful. Right. But uh, like I had an MD that I helped and he went all the way to, you know, sent his sample, stool sample to Africa. And they said there was nothing wrong with him. It was the best lab in the world. And I still found a tapeworm. Wow. And once I solved the tapeworm, his life changed completely. So what would have happened if he hadn't found that tapeworm? It would have kept eating his food and producing toxicity. And I'm not saying that everybody is a tapeworm, so don't right. you know, panic the <laughs> audience here. But uh, they can just, it'll lead to weight gain for sure. People gain weight because they eat too much. Right. They, they're they nutrient deficient. It's like you're being starved to death and you just have to keep eating food to make up for the starvation. So mm-hmm. yeah, weight gain and nutrient deficiencies and skin problems are the most common and insomnia for children, especially. And adults too, like nightmares are really common symptoms. Oh, that's so interesting. And so being that we're exposed to parasites and different bacteria and whatnot through our food and water, like what are some sort of everyday strategies that we can implement to sort of avoid getting a parasitic infection or something like that? Yeah, I would say have your animals tested, you know, and make sure you give filtered water to your animals. Yep. That's the first step. Also, uh, rinse and soak your vegetables, making salads and all in vinegar is really, you know, distilled vinegar is really helpful for five to 10 minutes or get some vegetable wash at the store. Right. And so those are the biggest things. And then you yourself can consume uh, lots of garlic. They're kind of like vampires. Mm. Yeah. They don't like garlic. So well, that's, you I know, got that down. Garlic. yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. I love garlic. I actually used to know somebody who used to eat a raw garlic clove dipped in raw honey every single day. And awesome. I, I can't do that, but kudos to him for doing that. But I'll never forget that. And he had like the most amazing skin. And I he he was like, it's because of my raw garlic and honey. Yeah, so. absolutely. For sure. It's interesting. So spices too, you know, the spicy foods really help to scare them away. And um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Those are some good tips. Uh, So I'd also love to talk about acupuncture, something that I know that you also do a lot of in your practice. And I love acupuncture. I think it's so fantastic for so many reasons, fertility, supporting progesterone, so many amazing things. So can you just explain what it is for those listeners who maybe aren't familiar? And then we can also dive into the benefits. Yeah, sure. So what it is, is basically a way to activate your electrical system. So, you know, let's use an example of acupressure or massage. You know, we know that when you press on certain points, something happens. You know, press on the hand point, you know, between the web of the hand, uh, between the thumb and the index finger is for headaches and Mm -hmm. sinus problems. That's the most common point that everyone knows. But if you stick an acupuncture needle, which is the size of a hair, into the right point, like the hand that we just described, you have a much different effect. It actually sends a cascade of endorphins to help us relax, help us heal, because we're always stressed, right? And your body can't heal. Like you cannot heal if you're being chased by a bear. 
Right. You can't, you know, eat food. You can't have a bowel movement. It's a scary situation. And most of us are being chased by 50 bears in our society. And so we need to stop and slow down. So it's, it's activating the uh, nervous system. And since the electrical system is outside the body on the skin, it's really flipping the right switches using hair fine needles and the right combination like a telephone number. So if somebody comes into me, they want you know, infertility problems or they want to deal with their mood or sleep patterns, then we find the right combination of needles. And usually that's kind of a scary word, but it's really almost like hairs. We should mm -hmm. say a hair treatment. And uh, it's usually like eight to 12 acupuncture hair fine needles and you relax. And the thing that's so interesting to me before I discovered acupuncture, I didn't even realize that people could sleep with acupuncture needles in them because we have snoring bears up and down the hall all the time as patients. And the truth is if, you know, it's just, you can't help but fall asleep. So it's so relaxing and healing. Wow. That's so wild. I know that so many listeners are like, Ugh, needles, like eight to 12 needles. That, that just sounds like it hurts, but it really doesn't. And for the most part, you don't really feel it. I'm sure there's more sensitive areas than others. Definitely. Yeah. There's points that we just tend not to use, you know, and there's different styles, you know, you can look for more of a Japanese style if you're really sensitive, but uh, yeah, it really works. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's great. And then in terms of hormonal imbalances, what have you found in terms of acupuncture to really help support hormones? Yeah, I would say, you know, hormones are kind of a big, such a big topic. And I right. describe hormones like a remote control on a TV. You know, it's like when you're out of balance, you're watching the wrong channel. And you don't want to just get back to the station you want. Right. So it can help anything from your mood to your cycle, to PMS, to menopause, to hot flashes, to insomnia, um, and just even pain, cramping with cycle or whatever it might be. So infertility is just like, it's endless. So anytime you have something that's not working, acupuncture will always help at some level to get it to work again. That's really great. And then I think it would be important to mention, because, you know, I, I often find a lot of people will say, well, I just went for one or two sessions that didn't do anything for me. And it's most likely, you know, you need to go a little bit longer term. So typically, what might that look like? You know, I'm so glad you said that. You know, I would say, you know, give it at least uh, three to eight sessions is a really good, you know, something deeper, like a deep problem would be the question first is how long have you had the problem? Right. And so obviously if you had something for 10 years, insomnia, you know, you can't expect two sessions to fix the problem. Right. So it's like the law of the farm. I always tell people, you know, like I'm going to turn you into a farmer. <laughs> and they said, well, I'm not a farmer. And I said, well, you will be now. So it's like, this is your plant. This is your soil. And this is your farm. Your body is now like a farm. And we need to uh, learn how to pull the weeds and restore electrical flow in this case, you know, put electricity back where it's not growing, you know, where it's not flowing. Right. So we have to restore flow and power to be healthy. I love that. That's really great. Well, this was a really great episode. So many great knowledge bombs were dropped. And before I let you go, I would love it if you can share some quick tips that you would love our listeners to implement right away that can help to improve their health and their hormones. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say um, the first is check your scars, you know, and just start putting some wheat germ oil on your scars. Or uh, if you know somebody that does kinesiology in your area, just get your scars checked 
And then if you have further questions, you can always ask me. The second thing is eat enough fat, you know, good fats. Like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we tend to, as Americans, eat a lot of French fries and fried processed foods, but good right. fats are the basis, the foundation of good hormones. Exercise daily, you know, um, you know, a lot of times people, for the most part, I find that only less than 10% of the population exercise every day. Right. I've exercised daily as just a tradition for me. I, I just can't go without it. It's like a, you know, it just gives you so much energy and it helps regulate hormones because of those endorphins that you need. And finally get some acupuncture and uh, get on a program, get on the right nutritional program, you know, um, so that you, you know what you're missing and you fill those voids. Cause most people are like walking blocks of Swiss cheese, <laughs> have all these holes, right? Where they're missing deficiencies. And if you don't fill in the holes, you'll just never be whole. Right. Oh, I love that. That's really great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Where can our audience connect with you and find you online? Yeah. So it's uh, basically our website, Life Changing Health Tips with Scott Summer. That's our podcast awesome. on Spotify. Great. And our Facebook and YouTube is Scott Summer's Holistic Health Center. Awesome. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Well, we will be sure to put all of that in the show notes. Thanks so much for being with me today. No problem. Thanks, Samantha. It was great. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks for tuning into our episode today. I really hope you enjoyed it. You can connect with Scott over on his website at summersholistichealth.com. That's summers with an O, not a U. And you can also follow him on Instagram, summers underscore holistic underscore health. And before I let you go, let me give you some details about our upcoming recipe club for March. Each month in our recipe club, we do a different theme and March's theme is all things thyroid health. So we are releasing a meal plan all about the thyroid with a prep guide and amazing recipes that it's going to help optimize your thyroid health. For February, our theme is all about the follicular and the luteal phase. So you actually get two meal plans in February. And if you join during February, you will still get access to those meal plans. And then March in your inbox, you will get the thyroid healing meal plan. So I'm so excited for that. New themes every month in our recipe club. It's only $9 a month to join and lots of deliciousness coming your way to help balance your hormones and just optimize your body from head to toe. If you want to learn more about the recipe club, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash recipe club. Thanks for being here and tuning in. I'll chat with you all next week.